Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Speak On It, history and genealogy conversation with Janice and Sherikana. We invite you to join us on Thursdays at 8 p.m. for an engaging exchange with us and our special guest as we cover various topics regarding history, genealogy, and your personal family history stories. Hello, I'm Janice Gilliard. And I'm Characana Feliciano. Welcome to Speak On It, History and Genealogy Conversations with Janice and Characana. Our guest is Desi L. Campbell, Executive Director of the African American Experience. Desi Campbell is a family genealogist, educator, and entrepreneur. He is actively involved in researching, documenting, and preserving African-American genealogy in North Carolina and several other states. He is an author and has published nine books. Desi is also the president of the Sand Hills, North Carolina chapter of the Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society. Desi, welcome to speak on it. Hello, ladies. How y'all doing this evening? Doing good. Doing good. Nice to have you. Great, great. I am excited to be on tonight. Awesome, awesome. So, Desi, let's get started with our interview. Our first question for you is, what was your motivation for launching the project, The African American Experience? All right. Well, for a few years, I always wanted to have a central location where African-Americans can come and do research or they can come and find artifacts of the African-American community, particularly in, particularly in Harnett County um, and surrounding counties. And so I was afforded the opportunity, as a matter of fact, uh, October 1st, it would be one year um, that we started the African-American experience. Wow. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Desi, you've worked on a number of history and genealogy projects. Um, Can you share and highlight some of the major projects, maybe about two or three, that you've collaborated on with your local community and describe your role on those projects? Um, A couple of projects I've worked on. um, One was the the Wilkins Cemetery project, um, which we think may be the oldest cemetery, African-American cemetery in Harnett County. Um, They're trying to restore it. Um, and to clean it up. It's a very large cemetery. And so my job is to research those families of the tombstones we can find and try to connect the living people with the people that are buried there. Um, That's one project. Um, Another project um, is the home story, which is my mother's side, my mother's grandfather's side of the family uh, recently completed that book about seven or eight months ago. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, about a year ago. Um, and that family is from the Pender, Onslow, Duplin County side of my um, of North Carolina, and we have. I went down there so many times. I didn't even know this place existed. It's called Maple Hill, and if you go it's between Jacksonville and Wilmington. And if you go down there, it's a very rural place, but everybody in the community pretty much is related, uh, some more than once. And I went down there and I started collecting <laughs> information and pictures 
uh, and obituaries and trying to put this information together. And I have probably worked on that book for probably 10 or 15 years before I actually put it out. Wow. Wow. And every time I hear cemeteries, you definitely speak in my language. So that's a really, really cool, <laughs> exciting project. <laughs> Can you share before we move on to the next question? Um, you mentioned the Rosenwald schools and the churches. Can you highlight that before we move on to the next question? Yes. Well, my thing in in where I, well, in Harney County, and I'm actually wrapping up something on the uh, African American. It was called the African American Experience, Harney County. Uh, and I'm going to wrap up that in probably the next few weeks. But I'm also wrapping up or doing starting one for Duplin County, which is another county, uh, a couple of counties down from Harney County. Um, but what I've tried to do with the Rosenwald schools, um, I really tried to, I found some pictures of the old Rosenwald schools in Harney County. Um, and when I found those pictures, I was like, these churches, most of the Rosenwald schools were sponsored by a church. And most of the schools were pretty much close to a church. Um, and so I found these pictures at UNC Chapel Hill Library of all these Rosenwald schools in Harney County, and I think it was like 27. I also found the same schools in Duplin County. Um, I think it's like 15 or 20 of those for Duplin County. So what we did for Black History Month, when we have our African American Heritage Festival, we always try to do something for the community. So we gave, I think it was five different churches, a picture, a giant picture of that Rosenwald school and presented it to them doing their Sunday morning service. That is awesome. Our next question is, we understand that you created and maintain an obituary database. Please share what led you to create it and how did you obtain the obituaries? Well, uh, as you know, Black people and obituaries are really hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, if you run out of obituaries at a True. at a funeral, you're gonna have a fight. <laughs> right, exactly. Poor so, <laughs> <For> ushers. <laughs> so I I don't know. I just started saying, well, you know, in an obituary, just like a graveyard, there's a lot of information that we may or may not know. So I started asking people, well, do you have any obituaries? And people were sending me obituaries, or I would go to the house and I would take my iPad and I would scan those obituaries and um, put them in a database, and then I would have I print them and I put them in a plastic sleeve and put them alphabetize them and put them in a book. Um, little did I know, you know, five or six years later that I would have over three thousand obituaries um, wow. in my database, wow. um, and one of my cousins. Uh, and people think when I when I think I'm exaggerating, but I, well, I got several cousins actually that when you go to their house, they have a whole closet full of obituaries. So I go down there to the country, and this is in the country. I go down there and I go early in the morning. I stay all day. I get out before it get dark because they know street mm -hmm. lights down there. <laughs> um, I go down there. And I scan those obituaries, and there's just so much history in those obituaries um, okay. that we didn't even know. So I started, you know, just collecting them, and people would call me. You know, now I'm getting calls from everywhere. I got some obituaries I'm going to send you, and they would send them to me in the mail, or they would scan them and email them to me. Um, so, And it's just not North Carolina, and we got obituaries from everywhere. And they're basically people that were, you know, are in our families. Um, some of them are not in our families, but most of them were somehow connected to our families. 
However, it doesn't really matter. I just want to have obituaries because you never know. Somebody may need that obituary for their family history. Right. Exactly. Yep. On, on that note, are you using Excel, or can you share with us what type of program you're using to maintain I'm the database? Excel. I'm using Excel okay. for right now. I'm not an uh, Excel person, <laughs> but I'm using Excel mm-hmm. right now. I'm going to try to find something else that would be a little bit more interactive because my goal is I put the database online on my website. Mm-hmm. However, I want yeah. to be able to put it online where the people can actually click the link and then they can download their obituary for themselves if they need to. That's awesome. That's when you awesome. said, every, you know, as far as the obituaries, you know, and going to um, my husband is a pastor, so I totally understand about going to a f- funeral and you just want to hide if you run out of obituaries. <laughs> Yeah. Out of obituaries, <laughs> and then I was also reminded of um, I have an aunt uh, in South Carolina. Her name is Ruby. Aunt Ruby has a shoebox. She probably has several, but they're full of obituaries. And I, I sat oh, yeah. one time and was going through them, and there was so much information I'm going through, and I was like, Oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. So yeah, um, they are valuable, and I think it's awesome that you're doing that. It's a yeah, lot and on your. On your site, you have like ten pages, like of of the obituaries there. So it's yeah, it's and that's just one county. So I have it by county. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So it's probably it's, Harney it's, County. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. Yep. So it's you can learn a lot, listeners, <laughs> from obituaries. Oh yeah. Throw them There's out. a lot of information. I mean, there's. I have a somebody called me today and said you need to go see so and so because she got every obituary to everybody that ever died in that area. I said, get me her number. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. That's how it should go. So yeah. um, besides obituaries, you're also a uh, published author of nine books. So can you tell us a little bit about the McNeil story, Harnett County Heritage, and also um, Let's Talk Genealogy for Kids? Okay. Well, the McNeil story is probably my favorite book, um, it has a very interesting story, and I tell um, one of my cousins who I pretty much work with to put put this McNeil story together that we have to be somehow we got to tell this story. we got to go famous on this particular story because it's very <laughs> interesting. So growing up, I never knew any of my uh, extended family. I knew my parents. I knew you know their siblings and their children, and, and that's about it. Um, and right. it wasn't until I went to college and started meeting these people that everybody thought that we were brothers. Like, there was a guy that lived right across the hall from me. They thought we were brothers. And we did kind of wow. look alike. We were shaped up alike. Everything about us was almost alike. He was just a little darker than me. And everybody thought we were brothers. And coincidence, uh, coincidentally, his name was Campbell. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Um, and years later, we found out that we really are cousins. <laughs> He's from Hardin County. So, you know, I just didn't know that. Um, right. And uh, I started to, you know, find out things. So I started to drive from Charlotte, that's when I was living in Charlotte, to Hardin County to talk to some of these older people to, you know, find out about my family. I found so much information out. Uh, you know, most all those people actually are gone now. That was in the 90s. Um, and they were older. Mm-hmm. They were like 80 and 90 and 95 years old. So all of them are gone now. But I started, you know, researching this and trying to figure out who was connected and how we connected. And it wasn't until about seven or eight years ago I took the DNA test. 
And that's when it began to really unfold. And so mm. I got an email from a lady. She said, hey, your family, it's like four of us that took the test. All of them matched with our family. <laughs> I said, okay. And um, I looked at her tree, and I was like, I don't know none of these names. And they were all, you know, different names that I had never, ever heard of. So I emailed her. We went back and forth about a week and went back and forth about how we could be connected. And so I finally emailed her back. She was a white lady. I finally emailed her back. I said, you know I'm African-American. <laughs> so we still laugh about that to this day. So we finally figured out how we were related. And it's my third great-grandfather, Gabriel McNeil, had a sister named Jane McNeil who was sold to a family, the Holder family, in Harney County. She was sold to the Holder family, and somehow the Holder family, somebody in the Holder family, got her pregnant. The McNeil family took her back, took her to Lawrence County, Missouri. She had this child, this mixed child. She Shortly after that, she passed away. The slave owner, the McNeil slave owner, mother raised that child she died he ran away to Topeka Kansas he runs away to Topeka Kansas he uh, doesn't he and he ends up with a man named John Ritchie who was an abolitionist and so his name wow. ended up being Nelson Holder Ritchie um, it probably was McNeil somewhere down the line but we don't know I mean he was on the Holder plantation so we just assume that's the name right. that he had um, and so with that, he married a white lady, of course, and uh, they, I think they were always told that they were, that they were Native American. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what they were always that. told. <laughs> so two generations later, they took the DNA test, and they started matching with African Americans. And so we wow. put, we set, me and her, her name was Dana Hill, she lives in Utah. And they are Mormons, so, you know, they're very adamant about their, their genealogy. So Record. me and mm-hmm. Dana <clears throat> sat for days and hours and weeks and hours trying to figure out this family. So all we knew was that Jane, and at the time we didn't even know her name, but we knew Jane, we knew Gabriel, and we knew Charles were all siblings. We looked at the census and found out that the mother was in the house with them in 1880. Her name was Sarah. Well, right beside that house, or right beside them on the census, was actually the slave owners. We had no idea they were the slave owners until wow. we started looking them up. And we, are, we were able to go back all the way to 1793, I think, 1794. It was a wheel in 1794 that actually had my fifth great-grandparents in that wheel. Wow. So my cousin Dina is really the, the wheel person. She sits there and reads those wheels and read them and read them and read them and read them, and she pulled out all that information about those slaves, and we were able to put back our family back together from a 1794, which they were probably 9 or 10 years old, I believe. It was Joe and Jeannie McClain. So they had uh, 13 children from what we can tell. Uh, and most of that we wow. found because of DNA. Uh, as a matter of fact, wow. all of them found because of DNA. Uh, and then one of their daughters, which we, who we come through is Sarah, 
she had 13 kids. And we believe there's some more, but we're not sure. Um, they had 13 kids, so we were able to put all that back together, and we got DNA to prove from just about every line of those people. And that that's amazing. how we came up with the McNeil story. So we, I have this book. It's 546. No, is it five forty six or is it six forty six? Six hundred and forty six page book, the McNeil story. So that's how that's mm-hmm. how the McNeil story came about. If someone wanted that to order funny. that, how would they go about ordering it? It's on my website, the African American okay. Experience. Okay, got it. You know, and it's um, it, you know, you touched on so much, and I know I also asked about the Let's Talk genealogy for kids, but before we get to that, you know, you you touched on a lot of important things here. Number one, um, you know, wills. And we talked about obituaries and the importance of obituaries, but wills are also really, really important. Oh, yeah. Um, especially, important. you know, once, you, it, yeah, once you're trying to get past, you know, that census as, you know, enslaved people, the wills, that's where the information is going that's to be. Um, and I don't care what nobody uh-huh. say. North Carolina got the best records ever. <laughs> <laughs> Because they, named those, they actually named those people, and they say who they're giving them right. to. Like one of the wheels, I believe that two of my, Gabriel and his wife, and the jury's still out. They may have been related distantly. I'm not sure. We're still kind of figuring that mm-hmm. out. But his wife, we were fortunate that we found her family because in one of the wheels it listed that she had all these kids, I think it was like 10 kids, but each person that they gave the child to, they named the daughter of Lucy and, well, I can't, Joe and Lucy, the son mm, of Joe and Lucy. That's so fortunate. we were able to yeah. know that we all those were siblings. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was, you don't that see that all the time. Great. No. That is great. <laughs> that is, that's, that's like a treasure chest right there. Yeah. Um. And then you also talked about, too, connecting with, uh, you know, white DNA uh, relatives, and, you know, that yes. can always be – that can go either way, and people have yes. conversations and stories that are either positive ones or negative ones, um, but it's always great to hear when, you know, both sides are able to collaborate and really yes. kind of just I like, you know – I we have the greatest relationship. Um, that's awesome. i actually been to Utah twice. Um, wow. The first time I went, I went to Roots Tech, and I actually stayed with my cousin Dina. That's the one I, that helped, that works with me on the, on this family genealogy. And stayed with her. She took me to Roots Tech. We all went. Um, and then that Friday night, her she has 12 siblings, 12 or 13 siblings. So that yes, Friday wow. night, they had this big party at their mother's house, at her mother's house. Who's the, who's the person that's related to me? And then, you know, some or most of her siblings came and their children. It was, I mean, it was phenomenal. And then the second time I that's went, that's awesome. The descendants of Nelson Holder Ritchie had a, their first ever reunion. That was last year, wow. I believe, year for last. And I went there, and it was hilarious because I had so many issues with the flight. And I didn't think I was really going to make it, but I was term- determined to go. Um, yeah. And so I finally got there, and then they picked me up, took me. As soon as I got there, I had to go straight to the to the reunion. So when I walked in the door, everybody stood up and started clapping. <laughs> so I turned around. Oh. Like, well, who y'all clapping for? <laughs> 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 I'm going to be clapping for you. I said, for what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but 
but it was just so it was I mean it was wonderful. It was very very uh, heart touching. Well, that's awesome and you were able to, you know, get all this family history out of that connection and so that's really really yes. important. You know, and then yeah. the other the last thing I noticed that you touched on too was you know, for a lot of us who are, you know, African American, we have often uh, heard about, you know, having Native American ancestry. And for some of us, it is, in fact, true. Um, for others, though, however, sometimes that comes about because of a biracial ancestor that, mm-hmm. you know, people did not want to acknowledge, you know, where they, you know, what their history was and how they came about. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is often one source for where the Native American um, you know, ancestry myth, if you will, comes about. And I, I, it was interesting that you touched on that because that is also a common part of it yeah. that we don't talk about as much. Mm-hmm. Now, I, when I took the ancestry test, my mother, well, I took it first. My 90-year-old grandmother took it second. My mother took it third. My sister and my niece, all of us took the test. So when I took it first, I got 1% Native American. So me thinking 1%, uh, that ain't nothing, I ain't even studying that. Well, (laughs) my cousin Dina told me, say, go to GEDmatch and find out what chromosome you are Native American on so that we can, you Mm -hmm. know, we can figure out your Native American side of your family. So I said, okay. So I went to GEDmatch, and it told me that 11 of my chromosomes were Native American. Wow. I said, wow. that's kind of, wow. So I did my grandmother and my mother, and they have this same 11, which is very wow. unusual. Only to find hmm. out later that my grandmother's great-grandparents on both sides of her family were Native American. I had no idea. Well, there you go. Nice. So you have yeah. you have both of the stories there. You have folks yeah. who are actually Native American, and then you have the other side of it where People are biracial, and then the Native American story comes in. So, yep. that's awesome. I got fussed out by a couple of my coworkers that took the test because they just knew they were Native American. <laughs> <laughs> I encouraged them to take the test. Man, they came back to work when they got them, them results. They wore me out. <laughs> like, I ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DNA can illuminate or frustrate. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of it is just mixed with black and white. Yeah, yeah. So, But that's and not I, to discount people who do have, you know, um, yes. Native American ancestry because it is, you know, also more relevant than um, than I think a lot of people realize, too. Yeah. Um, so can you also tell us about Let's Talk Genealogy for Kids? Let's yes, Talk Genealogy for Kids. Of course, you know, I'm a school teacher, so I work with kids. And I, for some reason, just came up with this idea one day, like, you know what, I do a lot with adults, but I want to do something with the kids to encourage them to get into genealogy. Uh, for reason, and one reason is because once we're gone, somebody needs to take over um, and exactly. continue mm-hmm. you know, the research and continue um, the legacy of, you know, our families. And so I just came up with this, you know, this book, I mean, it was almost overnight. Um, I kind of came up with some ideas to put in this book that would be good for kids, and um, I just did it. And I really haven't pushed it as much as I should. So I said, you know, once I get settled um, in the next couple of weeks, I was going to really, really push that book um, because I think it's a great idea. I'm even going to try to do like a Saturday class 
with kids. I did one class with a group uh, a group of kids out of Maryland sometime. I think it was in February. And that was really, really great. So I was like, I need to do this again. They all had the book. And we went through the book, and um, and they were pretty excited about it. That's awesome. nice that you did that. Because, yeah, because you don't want to, you know, many of us, there's one gentleman, I've mentioned him before, uh, Steve Hammond. He's been researching since, like, the seventh grade, he said. And I think that's wow. amazing. I wish if I, you know, if I could just go back in time as a kid to be able to, document, like write down everything, talk to my grandparents and get that information because you said it earlier. Once they're gone, that's it. They're gone, So yeah. it's and nice that you're doing that for children. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate. My mom's granddaddy lived to be 99. And for, even though I knew him, you know, most of my life, you know, this was in the 90s. I knew him, you know, all of my life during that time. And I never, ever asked him. I knew about this little town called Burgar. I knew about that, but I didn't know where Burgar was. I didn't know a lot about, you know, his family being from that particular town. It was interesting that one of my classmates uh, was from Burgar, and I used to hate hear him talk about Burgar, but I had no idea that's where my great-granddaddy was born. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know. Yeah, so it wasn't until probably – few weeks or so, maybe a couple of months or so before he passed away, I started asking him about his family and where they were from. And and he kept saying, across the river, I said, now, Lord, where is cross the river in Burgos? <laughs> so I started asking people. I'm, I was very, I was always nosy. I wanted to know, you know, about my family or about anything uh, dealing with my you family. You were inquisitive. So I, you were eight yes. No, I was nosy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was nosy. I was nosy. So because I didn't know, you know, I, I really wanted to know. Um and so I started calling. He started he mentioned some he mentioned a few names. I said, Well let me find see if I can find these people. Their last name was Holmes. And I called I went to back then we had a phone book. So I looked in the phone book and I started calling these people in Maple Hill, and I met a lady. She said, I told her who I was. I told her that my great-great-grandmother was Ellen Holmes, and she said, ain't Ellen? I said, well, I guess that would be your aunt, I guess. And she told me she she mm-hmm. didn't know her, but she knew about her, and they lived in Burgard. And I said, well, I'm the great-great-grandson of Ellen. And uh, shortly wow. after that, my great-grandfather passed away. They actually came to um Harney County to the funeral, and we were able to meet them. And the funny part is, her husband is my cousin, and so is she. So they, yeah, that's another whole other story. Double cousin, um, wow. <laughs> when he walked Dennis, in the I know house, you can relate to that too. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. The small towns, everybody's related. You see them everybody's getting related. married, and congratulations on them sitting there going, yeah. cousin, cousin, cousin. <laughs> Well, when her husband walked in the house, my granddaddy almost had a heart attack. <laughs> he looked wow. so much like my great granddaddy to it scared my granddaddy half to death. Mm-hmm. He said, I thought we left That's Mr. Edge like out there to the graveyard. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, very interesting. All right. That- Desi, I can appreciate your approach to accomplishing your goals regarding your genealogy and history endeavors 
basically from what I've observed, your attitude is let's go, let's do this, or just do it, Get it done. because the mission must mm-hmm. be accomplished. Right. So with that being said, um, please share some parting words and inspiration for our listeners. Well, parting words is uh, my please research your family or please leave something for the generations to come. Um, you know, a lot of African-Americans don't know where they came from, um, and it's, impo- it's important that they know where they came from so they know where they're going. Leave something for the children, the grandchildren, so that, you know, and don't just do something or put it in writing so they can actually have something to go by so they won't be going through what we're trying to go through by putting the family back together um, 200 mm-hmm. years, 200 exactly. years later. Um, you have something that you can pass down from generation to generation, and they can just continue that legacy on and on and on for years to come. That's beautiful. On that note, Desi, thank you so much for sharing with us and our listeners. For additional information regarding the African-American experience, please visit www.africanamericanexperience.org. And as Desi explained, his store is there, so if you want to buy the books, um, they're all there. To our listeners, thank you for joining us. We look forward to sharing with you during our next segment, and please be sure to check out Speak On It on Facebook and Twitter. Speak On It, History and Genealogy Conversations with Janice and Sherikana is a podcast and is immediately available to listen to at your leisure. This show is sponsored by Bernice Bennett of Research at the National Archives and Beyond, Blog Talk Radio. Thank you.